the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Jesus, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. We are now in the 10-day season of ascension, which began last Thursday, when Christ, who rose again the third day, ascended into heaven 40 days after his resurrection. The ascension is unique among the events listed in the creeds because we don't actually see it. We do see in the accounts given to us by St. Luke, we do see our Lord disappear into the cloud, but we don't see what happened on the other end. We don't see his arrival in heaven and all of the events associated with that. In the eyewitness biblical accounts, we see the incarnation, the epiphany, the cross and resurrection, and next week we will see the coming of the Holy Spirit. These events can be seen because they all took place within the dimension of time and space where such things can be seen. But the ascension took place in heaven, in eternity, in that dimension of reality not visible to those who are bounded by space and time. To see what happened in the ascension, we have to turn to other portions of scripture where prophets were given a vision of things not normally accessible to the human eye. One such passage of scripture is chapter 7 of Daniel. Daniel writes, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And to him was given glory and dominion and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. St. Luke tells us that Jesus disappeared into a cloud. Daniel tells us that that cloud carried Jesus, the Son of Man, to God the Father, the Ancient of Days, and from whom Jesus, the Son of Man, received eternal dominion. Because he conquered sin and death on the cross, Jesus, the Son of Man, the descendant of Adam, received back the dominion that the first Adam lost through sin. Another passage where we see the results of the ascension is in Revelation. St. John was caught up into heaven in the spirit. And, in, and he writes, quote, I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, 
and of the four living creatures, the cherubim, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. John's vision reveals that Christ, the Passover lamb who died for our sins, has ascended into heaven where he is perpetually present as our mediator and intercessor. Because the rest of the ascension story was hidden from the view of the first disciples, their reaction to it was somewhat muted. Daniel and John tell us that the ascension is greeted in heaven with great fanfare and with worship. However, St. Luke tells us that while the disciples were joyous, their reaction to the ascension was still expectant. Heaven greeted the ascension as the fulfillment, but earth was still waiting for all that would happen as a result of ascension. Our Lord ascended into heaven to be crowned with many crowns, to be worshipped by the whole host of heaven. However, he instructed his his church on earth to do a somewhat curious thing, to wait and pray. In the aftermath of the ascension, the first disciples returned to the upper room to wait and pray for the gift of the Spirit, whose coming we will celebrate next Sunday on Pentecost. Though Christ has ascended into heaven, though he led captivity captive, though he is seated on the throne of his glory, his followers must wait and pray to discern what their ministry will be and for the Holy Spirit to come and give them the power they need to carry it out. This is a pattern for the Christian life, one that is frequently a source of frustration for us because we are impatient. Jesus has been crowned as Lord of all creation. And the table now seems to be set for us to do all manner of good things. But God requires that we also wait and pray before we are able to experience God's power in our lives and participate in his work in the world. The first disciples were to wait for Pentecost. That was the day appointed for the Holy Spirit to come in fulfillment of the law. If they had tried to act before the Spirit came to guide them and indwell them, their actions would have resulted in failure, like the actions of the Israelites who attempted to take the promised land after God said that they had to wait for 40 years. Pentecost would also be a day when pilgrims from around the world would be present in Jerusalem. It would be a day of unique opportunity for the proclamation of the gospel. Thus, they were to wait and pray for two things, the coming of the Spirit and the right moment of opportunity. As a church, we observed an extended season 
of fasting and prayer from the end of last year through the season of Lent. We believe that God is placing before us a great opportunity for ministry. And sometimes we get impatient. Sometimes we want to know why it can't all happen right now. Why does it take so long to build? Why does it take so long for the things that God places before us to be brought to fruition? The ascension helps us to understand why. We can only see heaven through prayer as we ascend with Daniel and John in the spirit. It is only as we spend extended seasons of time in prayer that we are able to begin to see things from the vantage point of heaven and align our actions with the will and purpose of God. And it is only in response to our prayers that God sends us the Spirit in new ways so that we can actually do the things he calls us to do. When we ask hastily and without prayer, the guidance of the Spirit, our actions become fruitless. I've seen churches come up with great plans for marketing and outreach that never produce any significant fruit. There's nothing evil about the plans. In fact, they seem quite sensible and practical. They just aren't God's plans. They are not developed and discerned through extended seasons of prayer and waiting upon God. They lack the guidance and presence of God's spirit, and therefore they never produce any significant fruit. The 10-day period of prayer between Ascension and Pentecost will result in the coming of the spirit, a sermon by St. Peter that will convert thousands, and fruitful ministry in Jerusalem and beyond. When we wait and pray, there comes a time to act. The difference is that prayer aligns our actions, our purpose, our thought with the will of God. And the Holy Spirit who comes in response to our prayer makes our actions fruitful. The ministry of our church is a product of waiting and praying. Sometimes we have waited and prayed for years before God opened a new door of opportunity and then sent the Spirit in a new way so that we could take advantage of it. But God is always faithful. As Isaiah writes, quote, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our Lord has ascended. He sits on his throne as universal king. Let us be faithful to wait and pray 
for the Spirit to come to us in a new way so that we may know and do the will of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.